Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my island. You're going to acknowledge me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review with Mike and John right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts here on the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter and on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. My co-host here, John, you can find him on Twitter at BigSpeaker. That's B-I-double-G underscore speaker. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the SmackDown Review. Looking forward to breaking down this episode with you guys. But before we do that, John, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. I do appreciate the shout out and everything like that. Twitter is definitely coming along for me in, in kind of like a short run, I guess you could say. I'm definitely bouncing into like the Raider Nation. Yeah, it's picked lot. up a lot in the past couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it's freaking awesome, dude. I mean, it's kind of like new to me. So like the interactions with like people of interest and stuff like that is like, awesome i guess you could say you know rather than like a facebook setting and stuff like that but yeah uh definitely digging into that and uh yeah i mean i'm ready to freaking dive into this episode I, a lot of high points that i want to kind of go over and stuff like that and i'm pretty sure you have a good amount too but yeah let's get into it yeah this was definitely a, a pretty good episode obviously just today was the day that it's finally starting to hit me you know like how close oh, it actually mm-hmm. is you can count on um Single digits, I guess. Gotcha. Very close to being able to count on one hand how many days away we are from WrestleMania. And I'm extremely excited. They actually showed specifically which matches are going to be on which day or Mm -hmm. what day, whichever way you're supposed to say that. But anyways, they basically laid out the cards for both nights. And they kind of put in perspective for me what I can, you know, expect and... I'm extremely excited, dude. Like, I, I can't even begin to express, like, the joy in actually going to a WrestleMania. I was lucky enough to go to two SmackDowns since, I guess, like, one in July and then one in February. So, you know, it's not like it's been, you know, a long time since I've been to, like, this type of setting. But I've never been to a WrestleMania. So, like I said, it's uh, it's going to be, I really don't even know what to expect, but either way, going to AT&T Stadium, it's going to be a blast, but we still got a whole nother week before we get there, including the episode that we're going to cover today, but before we talk about this episode, you got anything you, you want to add really quickly? Yeah, I was going to say, man, with the, I mean, how you're saying about the cards and everything like that, so what are you looking forward to, like? Well, number one, I'm I'm kind of glad that they have the the Pat McAfee match and the Stone Cold Steve Austin interview and quote unquote Mm -hmm. or KO show, whatever segment you want to call it. I'm glad they have those two on separate nights because those are the, like those are the matches that I'm really, or I guess one of them technically isn't a match, but those are the ones that really got my, like my invested interest. You know, I'm I'm really excited for the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, but I feel like that's, that's a little hanging fruit. Like who isn't excited Mm -hmm. for that match? You know, that's an easy answer. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to like the matches. Like I'm legitimately trying to figure out what shirt I'm going to wear for Sunday because Saturday I don't know why, but I just feel like I have to wear my WrestleMania 20 shirt. Just okay. that, that's okay. without a doubt I'm wearing it for one of the nights. 
But for some reason, I feel like Saturday is the better night to wear. I'm trying to think. I could get a shirt there. I, I like that God Mode shirt. Obviously, any type of Roman Reigns shirt would be nice to wear on the Sunday show. But at the same time, have a couple Pat McAfee shirts that I wouldn't mind wearing. You know, kind of supporting Pat, representing him in the crowd. Smackdown. So... Definitely got some options, but I mean, I'm looking forward to the whole card. Obviously, like there's okay. so many. I mean, the set or Edge versus AJ Styles that match, I feel like is going to absolutely burn the house down. I do think that Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn that's going to be entertaining. It's not one of the more like good matches. Like it's not going to be like a four or five star match, but it's like an anything goes setting. Mm-hmm. So you can expect some fireworks. You know, it's going to be entertaining as hell. The women's matches like Ronda Rousey, obviously with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. They've hyped these matches up pretty well. I mean, and obviously the build to the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is just phenomenal. I can't wait to touch on that a little bit more yes, sir. in this episode. But before we get into the actual episode of SmackDown, I feel like there's some uh, newsworthy stuff that we can talk about before. Okay. And I, I didn't talk about this with you before because I wasn't sure how we were going to do it, when we were going to bring it up, if it was even going to come up naturally, but... Triple H decided to, uh, or I guess he really didn't decide. It was kind of decided for him because of, um, you know, uh, an incident or like a procedure that was done a while back. Mm -hmm. There was like a scare, you know, he kind of had to step away from wrestling and, you know, even just his backstage capacity. And he's he's like, he's retired from wrestling. No more matches for him. I kind of said into that, kind of said that while me and you were at work earlier today is, we're not going to see another Triple H pedigree again, you yeah. know, and I just, it's hard, to th- it's hard to really, you know, I don't even know if it's really hit me yet that Triple H has actually done it. I mean, we haven't seen him wrestle in like a full-time capacity in a very long time, so it's not like it's, you know, mind-blowing news, but you always think like, okay, we'll get to see him have one more match, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of always the expectation that you have, but dude, really quickly, if we're just going to actually say goodbye to Triple H, the in-ring competitor, one of the greatest hills of all time. The faction evolution hit me right when I was at my, you know, my peak of wrestling. They were that hill faction that would make me go to bed extremely pissed off on Monday <laughs> nights, you know, dreading school the next day because it's all I could think about. I'm, you know, I'm mad and all that good stuff. Triple H is the forefront of like my childhood being that hill and seeing him like at the top of his game. It was just textbook. And I really think that, you know, World Heavyweight Champion Triple H from 2002 to, what, like 2005, however long you want to, I guess, count. Because, I mean, there were several title runs. It wasn't like a one-time thing. But from those, from that, like, two, three, four-year span, he was on top. Like, I mean, it was him and a couple other guys, but for the most part, he was the one that was holding that championship. And that was just – that's. I mean, I'm never going to forget that era, mm-hmm. ever. I'm never going to forget that run that he had. And just seeing him officially kind of, you know, hang it up and say, you know, I'm done. There's no more, there's not going to be any more matches for me. It is a little bit bittersweet because you didn't get a chance to, you know, appreciate that last match. Not everybody gets that. Not everybody gets to say, hey, that, you know, this is my last match. I mean, we kind of got that with Undertaker. If you can kind of see the writing on the wall, you knew that was his last match. But because it wasn't an actual match, it was like the cinematic setting with AJ Styles. I'm not sure if you've seen that, the Boneyard match that they had which was Undertaker's last match. We really didn't know going into it like definitively that that was going to be his last match. But as it was going, after the match was over, he kind of like rode off on his motorcycle in the proverbial sunset. Obviously, it was like a, it was a night match. But, I mean, he rode off kind of, you know, with his hand up or the fist up, you know, doing his, his trademark stuff. And you knew kind of as that was going on, I was like, that kind of looked like a retirement match right there. Like it kind of <laughs> looked like he was saying farewell. And sure enough, that ended up being his last match. We really don't get that with Triple H, but, I mean, Randy Orton was his final opponent, like, on an official uh, setting. Batista was his final WrestleMania opponent. But, I don't know, just this one kind of hit a little bit close to home. You know, obviously, we kind of talked about Scott Hall in the last episode, but this one kind of just, I mean, no, it's not a death, obviously, but as far as, like, knowing... In our lifetime, we're never going to see a wrestler compete again. This one hurt a little bit more than, say, like, whenever Daniel Bryan walked away. I was never really close to Daniel Bryan. I was never, like, a big fan of his. Even Edge, like, to be completely honest. I was Edge is in my era. I was watching wrestling 
very closely whenever Edge was on top of his game. So I know how important he is. And I'm a huge Edge fan. You know, that's not a slight at him. It's more more so just to put in perspective how high Triple H is on my list. Mm-hmm. You know, like this one hit me harder than any of them. So definitely, you know, shout out to Triple H, obviously. If, if you know kind of how I look, I'm – there's been times where I've, like, I have a World Heavyweight Championship here. I've kind of, you know, wet my hair. Do you like to go up, get a water bottle, spit the water out, mm-hmm. and act like Triple H? Can't even tell you how many times I did that in the shower when I was, you know, a little kid. Yeah. That's just being completely transparent here, you know. <laughs> I was a huge Triple H fan, you know, so definitely. And I'm sure I'm not alone there. Triple H was making kids spit out water and all that good stuff all across the world for, uh, you know, a long period of time. So I'll toss it to you, though. But, yeah, shout out to Triple H, DX evolution being an authority figure i mean he's basically done it all and obviously you know having to run there as a single star but yeah shout out to triple h one of the greatest heels of all time yeah i was just gonna touch on that i mean yeah because that's what i kind of remember as as you're saying you know he always had that he he wore that belt great you know like just him always coming to the ring wrapped around his waist and stuff like that and then like you said you know like the long hair the spitting out the water that's what i remember like the like the bald kind of buzz cut now is kind of like the unfamiliar to me, you know. That's kind of like, okay, I don't really know what's going on with that, kind of moving up and stuff like that in the company. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely give a shout-out to that guy. I mean, just like you were saying about the Scott Hall, I mean, that's kind of what led to his, like, death. I mean, I wouldn't want to say it like that, you know, but with his procedure to his hip, you know, that's what the complications like ultimately led to, I mean, so I can kind of see where Triple H is kind of looking out for health instead of, you know, being in in the company still, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely understand that decision and everything like that. Yeah, and who knows, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit by saying that we'll, we'll never see another pedigree again. Who knows, you know, I mean, he can't have a match or anything like that, but I mean, sure, you know, maybe he can drop somebody, you know, kick him in the midsection, hit him with a pedigree a little bit. We might not see another spine on the time or anything like that, but either way, it's definitely on me for not knowing more about, you know, the whole heart situation that happened to Triple H. I should have done a little bit more research, but anyways, that's podcasting, baby. Sometimes you uh, bring your fastball and sometimes you don't, but we're going to keep rolling here because we still got a lot more innings to go in the show here, so we're going to go ahead and roll in to the actual SmackDown review. This one happened in Brooklyn, New York. March 25th, 2022, so we can go ahead and start the show if you are ready, and it started with Brock Lesnar. He was kind of waiting outside of Roman Reigns' locker room, and he's approached by Kayla Braxton, and she kind of just asks him about his actions last week and asks if he's thought about it at all, and he says, of course he has, he's paid fines, and he's even had a talk with upper management, and they've told him that he cannot touch Roman Reigns unless he's provoked. So Brock Lesnar is going to just basically sit in Roman Reigns' locker room until he shows up and just wait for him to be provoked. Now, they've done this type of storyline or this angle before, not necessarily Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, but way back in the Ruthless Aggression era, Stone Cold Steve Austin couldn't touch anybody. Like, whenever he was the the quote-unquote sheriff, the co-general manager of Raw, before that, there was like a, or he had like a running history of like beating the hell out of all the hills or just anybody, you know, just whoever crossed him, Stone Cold beat the hell out of him. You know, it's just was some of the greatest stuff you'll ever see as far as like wrestling TV. I absolutely love that series of events that was happening on Raw and you would just get used to it because the people like that he was beating the hell out of, most of the time they deserved it, you know, so it was just quality, you know, chef's kiss type of uh, wrestling production. But anyways... We've seen this before. Stone Cold Steve Austin eventually was hit like Linda McMahon, Vince's wife. She actually kind of came to Monday Night Raw and she said, hey, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you can no longer touch any Raw superstar or any superstar for that mo- for that matter unless you are physically provoked. So from then on out, you know, there was like multiple times where several superstars would like get in Stone Cold's face and like literally talk crap to him. And he couldn't do anything. You know, they would just get in his face so close to him and just, you know, take shots at him. Batista did it once. I remember Chris Jericho did it. Just definitely once once you get to that point in the Ruthless Aggression era, you'll definitely, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But some good stuff. So, so I've seen this before. You know, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar basically saying I had to be provoked. Um, it's weird that, they, that they're doing it this late. You know, we only have one more SmackDown before it's all said and done. And then we'll be in Dallas watching. But... What were your thoughts about this, about him being in the locker room, kind of putting his feet up, destroying 
one piece of a fur- uh, furniture every single time they showed him in there. What were your thoughts on this whole uh, opening segment? Well, I mean, it kind of puts that, you know, like that that foot forward, you know. He definitely, he has his approach and he's going for it, you know. Like, there's no stopping this guy. I mean, I, I'd be freaking pissed off, too, getting hit by a dang door and everything like that. I'd definitely be at your door, you know, next day, next hour type stuff if, you know, that happened to me. So, I mean, I understand all that. So, I don't put nothing past that, but, I mean... The only thing that I'm kind of, like, getting kind of confused about again is, like, I know it was, like, last week, too, but how is uh, Paul Heyman still knowing the whereabouts of Brock? That's a good point. You know, like, that, that that's something that's been just kind of, like, kind of just popping out to me, you know. I'm, I know it's been, we've seen this before and everything like that, so, like, is it eventually going to get brought up, you know? I mean... I know it's just like the the me thinking and stuff like that. But then again, I mean, there's there has to be something connected to it, you know, in, in, yeah. in the long run. In the long I run. guess the one or I guess but before you ever said that, like before you brought that to my attention, the way I looked at it mm-hmm. as far as Paul Heyman is I looked at it as like a WWE version of like Ian Rappaport or like Adam Schefter, whereas like he just. He had that oh, okay. cell phone of his, like he has sources, you know, basically like he knows, he just, Paul Heyman, you know, mm-hmm. he basically, he knows people who knows people. So that's kind of just the way I did it is like being an advocate, having worked for him, he just kind of has connections. So he's able to kind of know the whereabouts of people, but it is a good question. I kind of never really put it, you know, that much thought into it, but it is definitely worthy of maybe being brought up. Could be, you know, a seed planted that we don't know about mm-hmm. weeks down the road. They'll end up tying back to it. So definitely something that could definitely happen, but if you are ready, we can go ahead and move on to the first match of the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't have nothing more on that. I mean, that was just, like I said, just something that had popped out no, to me. definitely. Definitely a good question to ask. But up next, we get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jimmy Uso. Any thoughts about this match? I mean, it wasn't necessarily one that was, uh, you know, a barn burner by any means. Boogs and Jey Uso were kind of playing tug of war with the, um, what is it, with like the, the guitar on the mm-hmm. outside of the ring. Which eventually led to Jay Uso flying into the ring post, which distracted Jimmy Uso enough for Shinsuke Nakamura to hit the Kinsasa and win the match. I'm gonna butcher that word every single time I say it. But anyways, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura wins the match with a Kinshasa. So what are your thoughts on this one? I was gonna say that's probably better than what I can throw out there. So yeah. I mean yeah, go ahead. I mean it's tough. It's, I, I give Michael Cole and Corey Graves and all them credit for saying it on a weekly basis, but I don't know what it is about that move, man. It's always kind of giving me a little bit of fits. We're kind of going, I mean, it's WrestleMania season. That's the thing I feuded with for uh, 2021, I guess you can say, majority of that time is the Kinshasa, just spitting it out. I don't know why. Just give me a little bit of problems. Gotcha, but anyway, gotcha. what, what are your thoughts on this match? Oh, uh, I mean, this one was pretty good. I mean, I kind of thought like the... Like Shinsuke, I mean, he, he he was very impressive, you know. Like I was kind of wondering, like where all this was, why he was holding the title and everything like that. But I mean, the, the, this was something that I can keep following, you know, because I kind of I I like the tag team between Shinsuke and uh, Rick Boogs, and then of course love the Usos, you know. So I mean, I could watch this for weeks, I guess you could say, but. I don't know, man. I, the one thing that I kind of like bullet pointed out of here was like that nasty clothesline that Jimmy Uso had gave Shinsuke, man. That, gosh, dang, yeah, that that looked like it was freaking pretty painful. Yeah, but, it was a stiff one. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, I think good match and everything like that. So, I mean, good build, you know. Yeah, Shinsuke gets the win. Yeah. Whenever uh, it's something that Matt kind of talks about all the time, and just something that you pay attention to if you're if you. You know, if you're a pattern type of guy, you know, mm-hmm. if you notice patterns, you'll notice in WWE close to the pay-per-view, like if a certain team keeps getting the upper hand leading into the pay-per-view, yeah. like for example, like if Shinsuke Nakamura beats J- uh, Jimmy Uso, or if Rick Boogs beats Jay next week on the yeah. go-home show of SmackDown, and then we get the tag team match, don't be surprised if the Usos win and retain just because... Shinsuke and Boogs the past two weeks on SmackDown got the upper hand. It's just mm-hmm. kind of one of those things they like to swerve you a little bit. It's, it happens more often than not. So, Well, I guess one, I can kind of see that because they did get that win against Los Lotharios last week. Yeah. So, so 
it's just something that you'll kind of notice if you uh, if you pay attention there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah. good mom, Anselm. Oh, okay. without a doubt. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. I mean, these guys they have that long long streak for a reason, mm-hmm. being the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. But I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. It's like an itch. It's something in my stomach. I feel like they're going to lose those titles soon. I don't know if it's going to be at Mania, but I mean, I could see it happening because obviously they kept the Intercontinental Championship on Shinsuke Nakamura for so long despite not using him. So that tells me they're more than comfortable putting a championship on him and they're more than comfortable, you know, having Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura oh, yeah. get, you know, a lot of airtime and Boogs does nothing but win. So his mm-hmm. arrow was 100% pointing up. It just makes sense to put the titles on them, you know? I mean, not everybody can retain their championship at WrestleMania. You're going to see a couple title changes. And I just uh, feel like this one might be one to, you know, if you are into gambling or anything like that, might put a little bit of money on the Usos dropping their championships at WrestleMania. But let's go ahead and move on. One thing I noticed, this was just like a little backstage segment, a bad joke, so to speak. Corbin and Madcap, Mm. more friction. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was kind of questioning, like, what's going on right there, you know, because this is what, like, Second, third week. Second week in a row. Yeah, second, okay, yeah. That he's And it was highlighted by the announcers as well. They noticed it. They said, oh, second week in a row, bad yeah. jokes by Madcap. So I'm like, okay, they're telling us right there, pay attention, keep mm-hmm. track of this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, as if you needed to know, as if you needed to, you know, be tapped on the shoulder to be told, it's good stuff. You know, it's kind right. of a little bit of a slow build. We're going to see this team deteriorate, and eventually we'll get that one-on-one match between Madcap and, you know, Happy Corbin, Barry Corbin. Baron Corbin, whatever it is you want to call him. But anyways, up next we get Kofi Kingston versus Ridge Holland, or at least that's what it was supposed to be, until we get a surprise return from King Woods. What did you think about this? Came back from a torn Achilles. It, I mean, what the hell? Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago that he was a king. You know, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. a torn Achilles keeps you out for a very long time. I might have misheard something, but I'm pretty sure that they said Torn Achilles on the uh, on the broadcast tonight. But anyways, he's back, and he does get the win here with a roll-up. was not a noteworthy match at all. If a match ends in a roll-up, there's really not a whole lot you can take away from it. But this was the first of two matches that ended in a roll-up tonight. What did you think about Xavier Woods making his return? Well, I mean, at first I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm on this Kofi Kingston side, just on this little match, you know, between like Sheamus and all them. Just because I I feel like it's just it's just been downhill so much for the new day in a way I guess you could say, but I mean Kofi uh, not Kofi Kingston sorry about that but uh, King Woods coming out man that that was definitely like uh like you, you're trending up now you know definitely like I I'd, I'd probably say what no 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 Big E's probably best guy out of that but oh yeah definitely but yeah uh, definitely good build and everything like that. But seeing him come out, I was definitely like ready for him to like put a better beating on Ridge Holland, man, just because I think he that he deserves it, you know. I mean, but then again, that quick little roll up, I mean, that's that breaks all like everything that they had going on their side of it too, you know. So next week, I mean, definitely ready for that, I guess you could say. Yeah, they say, uh, excuse me, a roll-up hurts nobody because, I mean, it's a cheap win, but Mm -hmm. it also helps nobody. It makes nobody look strong at all. It's basically like the epitome of running in place, you know, is a roll-up victory, and that happens way too often. But we do get another one a little later in the show. But speaking of moving on, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, they appear from a back seat in a vehicle, Mm -hmm. and Roman Reigns basically just warns Brock Lesnar to get the hell out of his locker room before he gets there, or obviously there's going to be consequences. Wasn't a whole lot to take away from this. You got anything to say about it? No, this one just a little breeze by. Yeah, it was the start. Eventually, I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. lets you know, all right, eventually we're going to see Roman Reigns make an appearance. But right. anyways, up next, Ronda Rousey comes out, and she says that next week she is not going to take Charlotte's championship, but she's going to make Charlotte hand it to her, and then she'll be the new SmackDown champion. She kind of stumbled on her words there. She actually said, the new women's SmackDown champion or SmackDown women's champion. She kind of tried to correct herself. Mm-hmm. This was just a bad opening promo. I've given uh, Ronda Rousey credit over the past few weeks for, you know, doing pretty well on the mic. She does save it a little bit later by having a nice little one-liner, but still it was just uh, 
this opening segment was definitely cringeworthy. And then Charlotte Flair pops up on the Jumbotron saying that she's not in Brooklyn. She doesn't show up, so clearly she was telling the truth. But Rhonda actually tells her that she broke her first arm when she was a little kid and that she got joy from it. I feel like that was kind of a pointless piece of information. It's just like she didn't have anything else to say, so she kind of just like, (laughs) here's a little fun fact about me. You know, like it was just basically it didn't really get her anywhere in the argument. So right then I was still like, man, Rhonda is really struggling tonight. You know, I didn't really think that she was going to be able to pick it back up. But she does. She kind of says that um, Charlotte wants to be the quote-unquote her of WWE, meaning like the top woman and all that good stuff. She says that she wants to be the her of WWE so bad, but if she were to beat Ronda at WrestleMania, that it would be the biggest win of her career. But when Ronda Rousey wins and then beats Charlotte Flair at her own game, Charlotte will just be another one of the lost count. I thought that was a damn good line. It was true. If Charlotte were to beat Ronda Rousey, it would be like, bam, I mean, it would be just like, you know, let's build her the statue right now. You know, she's the greatest woman's wrestler of all time. Whereas if Ronda Rousey gets to win, it's kind of just like, oh, well, we expected it. You know, we knew she was going to get to win. It's already been reported that Charlotte's going to take some time away from wrestling after WrestleMania backlash, the pay-per-view following WrestleMania. So okay. it's already like a, a given She's going to drop the title at Mania. I mean, that's the thing. They're going to kind of set up a program to have the rematch, WrestleMania Backlash. You don't call a pay-per-view WrestleMania Backlash and have a whole new feud going on. You know, it's going to ha- it's going to be mostly for the same thing or some of the same feuds, some of the same programs that were going on at WrestleMania are just going to kind of be recycled a little bit, maybe get a different winner. Like, I, I always mention WrestleMania 20 for, for the same example. Like, it was the main event, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and the Triple Threat. Nice. At Backlash, the next pay-per-view, because Triple H, you know, he just basically said it was a fluke. You know, you beat me. It was a one-time, one you know, one-time thing. It's never going to happen again. He got a one-on-one match with Chris Benoit instead of a Triple Threat. So it is kind of like they stay in the same programs, but they might tweak a little bit, something mm-hmm. like that to keep you coming. But the whole tagline of like WrestleMania backlash is just to keep the casual fans like to stick around for a little bit longer. Like if they come around just for WrestleMania, a lot of people do that. I was guilty of doing it for like those six, seven years that I didn't watch wrestling. I was definitely tuning into WrestleMania every now and then, but that's all that is. The whole WrestleMania backlash and all that stuff is they're just trying to make it a little bit more enticing or interesting for the for the casual fans that are just peeking in and say, well, I mean, if it's WrestleMania backlash, maybe it's something a little bit cooler to stick around for another pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of it. I don't feel like backlash needed that type of stuff. It was one of the more nostalgic pay-per-views. So it's one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But WWE is very guilty of doing that. But anyways, let's see where I was before I completely got off topic there but anyways yeah it's pretty much where i was at just saying that ronda rousey hell of a promo love to see it and uh looking forward to this match they're doing the best they can to make this thing good ronda rousey saved herself from having an abysmal promo but a nice little line there at the end did the trick you got anything on this one well i mean like you said yeah like the beginning of this was horrible i mean i wasn't interested in it or anything like that i mean i expected you know Charlotte to be more like or in stage, I guess you could say, you know, instead of like on screen and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I I, I just can't get on board with Rhonda at any and anything, you know, anything that she does and stuff like that. So I mean definitely definitely wasn't for me, I guess you could say. But I mean, yeah, like you said, that end that ending quote, you know, whatever you want to call it, yeah, she she hit that right on the mark. So I mean, she's definitely building herself. I mean, I feel like she could probably use like maybe an advocate or oh yeah, you know, so, so, somebody Paul just to, would be perfect with Ronda. Yeah, Rousey. yeah, so, somebody just to help her, you know, be that that mean person. In Do the you know who Paige's wrestler Paige? No, woman's no. wrestler. She got injured at a live event. They actually the, the clip that she got injured on is like it went viral, and she. Uh, it was Sasha Banks. She like kicked her in the back and her neck just kind of like, it was like a whiplash type thing, you know, mm-hmm. and injured her neck. She had to retire at a very young age. Like to this day, I'm pretty sure she's only like 27, 28 years old. Like she's literally like our age, you know? So, Dang, yeah. but she's already had like a very long career. They already made a movie about her. Like mm-hmm. the rock was in it or something like that. I never watched it, but it's like, 
fight for my family or something like that, fighting with family. I don't know. I mean, people that probably like the movie hear me butcher it are probably thinking I'm a stooge right now. But <laughs> anyway, she has a movie. Hey, you're on topic, though. But she yeah. is A1 on the mic. She's a veteran, polished mic skills, A1 in the ring. She would 100% be damn good. Somebody mentioned this on the mailbag, so this isn't my idea. I don't want to say credit for it. I don't know who it was. Otherwise, I'd give you a shout-out. But somebody said that she would be a good pairing with Ronda Rousey, and I agree. That would just mm. be, I mean, nice. But like Matt said on the mailbag, is she's more of like an in-ring. Like people are more anticipating her coming back to be a wrestler. Yeah. If she gets cleared, like we said, the whole neck thing, but Daniel Bryan, Edge, we've seen people come back from you know pretty devastating neck injuries and have lengthy runs and successful runs in the WWE and in other promotions. So. It was just something to kind of, you know, you said she needs an advocate. She needs a mouthpiece. I couldn't agree more, but uh, I don't think that's really going to happen as long as she's a part-timer. I mean, Paul Heyman is somebody who could do it, but how many people? I mean, right now he's kind of, he for sure has Roman Reigns. They're kind of, you know, mentioning possibility about him, you know, going with Brock or something like that. He can only do so much, but I agree. He would be an A1 pairing with Ronda Rousey. But... Let's see here. We can move on. Ricochet versus Humberto Carrillo, but kind of like they did a little bit earlier, they just felt like swerving us with these matches because we go to a commercial break, and it ends up being Angel Garza in the match. But before the commercial break, they told us that this was essentially like a a contender's match where if Humberto Carrillo beat Ricochet, he would earn a championship opportunity at some point. But like I said, whenever we come back from the commercial break, it ends up being Angel Garza in the ring, and he gets that first match. And this one was relatively quick because he ends up winning with a roll-up, and they try to make a run for it. But Ricochet ends up getting on the mic and then calls out Humberto, and then them two go at it for a little bit. They have a decent match. But that one ends whenever Angel Garza is hiding underneath the ring, kind of hiding in the ring apron, sticks his hand out, grabs Ricochet's leg as he's trying to climb back in the ring. Ricochet ends up getting counted out, so he does lose both matches, suffers losses to both members of the Lethal Lovers. What were your thoughts about this? I know there was a little bit of confusion. You didn't really see the beginning where Humberto was like supposed to have the match in the commercial break. Mm-hmm. That was kind of confusing as well. If I wouldn't have been paying attention, like taking notes at the time, literally, I would have been you know completely thrown off too. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it was kind of one of those quick things that confused me because they did the exact same thing with Kofi Kingston a little bit earlier. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you pointing that out to me, I was like, gosh, I mean, I definitely didn't catch that. I mean, yeah, it had to have been like just like looking down, writing notes and stuff like that. So I was definitely like a little confused on that. But I mean, the match, I mean, both of them, they were pretty great. I mean, Angel, he was he off the bat just beating up. Rick Shea, I mean, I felt like he was, like, the stronger competitor in, like, out of the two, you know? And I just kind of felt like, like, it, it should have just ended there. I, I don't think, you know, Rick Shea, he should have just took that little, I mean, because it was really, it, it's, it's just getting them into the next match. I mean, definitely you get to show exactly what you're trying to do in that uh, championship match and everything like that. So I think, like, you know, him kind of grabbing the mic and, you know, all panting, all out of breath, you know, just lost and everything like that. You know, just go take that little L like he had said to Humberto, Humberto. you know, come, come in and get that L, you know, and just. Did you see Ricochet's entrance when he came out and he's like dancing and stuff? Well, I mean, I wasn't, he should have just done his regular stuff, man. I'm know? just saying, you kind of talked about it. I just know, we mentioned it, he's got a girlfriend now, he's mm-hmm. dating one of the. I think he's feeling himself a little bit too much. I was about to say, I I just think he really is. Anytime he's like about to do something, you always like kind of catch his eyes, like glancing over in that little box area that she's sitting in. So I kind of, I kind of feel that right there. See, so the fact that she's sitting out there, you know, he's putting on his A game. Oh yeah. Ricochet is just one of the dudes who I was kind of talking about it when it was going on. Like somebody who's that talented in the ring for them to not be utilized, for them to be, like, not booked properly, mm-hmm. that should tell you, like, how bad they must be, like, mic skills, like, character-wise and actually, like, storytelling and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. A1 in the ring, but for whatever reason, Ricochet is just, like, you cannot get behind him. I don't know what it is as far as, like, his actual character. And it's it's crazy to me. It's just... 
there's nothing to latch on to, you know. There's there really isn't like as far as like I mean, yeah, you can you can be impressed with his moves, but like who is he? Like Okay, okay. Ricochet. Like the that's the number one thing, right? <laughs> like that's his name, you know? Like so like what's that even I know what it is, but like what's that supposed to be? Like what are you I mean, I get it. It's like a play on like your your style of wrestling again. Like that's what you're telling us to latch on to. Your name is even like a reflection of your style of wrestling. So like we get it. A1, being a good wrestler is without a doubt an important box that you have to check off, but there are other boxes, you know? You can't just completely forget about that. It's like creating a wrestler on, like, WWE 2K, and you get to, you know, adjust your attributes. You want to get a little bit on your defense, a little bit on your grappling, all that stuff. He used all of his attributes on one (laughs) thing, you know? He needs to go through his character, you know, tweak some things a little bit, but this is one of the things. I mean, he's a decent intercontinental champion. I mean, obviously he's going to have to defend it against both of these guys probably at some point. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. It's just kind of one thing I noticed, but yeah, shout out to Ricochet, obviously just wanted to uh, give him a little bit of a a hard time here, I guess. I was going to say, man, I'm kind of on the the other side of this, you know, I I, kind of feel, you know, like, like, like you said, he's not, not the best on like cutting promos and stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, he he's about it, you know. I mean, he 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 calls him out. I mean, he does what he needs to do and stuff like that. So I mean, I kind of feel as if I can ride with this guy yeah. in a way, you know. So I mean, let me just give you a little a super kick real quick and okay, cut I that banter out the way. Right, right, I got. You. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I kind of understand and stuff like that. But though, yeah, just just that one thing that I had pointed out about the like glancing out to like the side thing. That that that's one of the things that's kind of throwing me off about him i guess you could say but i mean all in all i think he's a good guy yeah definitely a good guy dancing let's leave that at home in yeah, the entrance yeah, go yeah. ahead and uh, do go that practice in the, that in do the that in gorilla and all that <laughs> stuff i mean it's not like it was bad or anything but i'm just like that's just kind of let me know like, oh right ricochet is definitely feeling himself today <laughs> but Anyways, up next we get the backstage interview with Sami Zayn. Sami's looking a little ripped. That's like the main reason why I couldn't really focus on the thing. I was too busy focusing on like how jacked he looked in this Sami Zayn Forever shirt that he was wearing there. But basically, I mean, we kind of you looked it up. I forgot exactly what he said. Something along the lines of like he's gonna give Johnny Knoxville a beating like WWE has never ever seen before, or, or like a beating that he's never ever experienced before yeah. in a WWE. WWE, ring. okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll be very interested in this one. I want to see the heights that they're going to go, mm-hmm. the hell that they're going to put each other through. Like yeah. the, they've done a very good job making this one mean something. You know, as far as, like, the phone numbers getting leaked and them just pranking each other, it's gone way beyond, like, just seeing each other once a week on SmackDown. They have these little vignettes, these little videos that they show of, like, wherever they go. Yeah. You know, that they were in a or Johnny Knoxville walked into WWE shop, you know, and asked for Sami Zayn gear and starts like vandalizing it. But I'm excited about this match. I mean, well, where do you stand on it? Do you think it's going to over deliver? Or do you think that, I mean, given that it's a really stacked card, this one might get kind of pushed to the, you know, the wayside. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, yeah. Like I guess you could say better matches that are going to be happening in this. But then again, this is something that, I mean, you can follow. I mean, it's, it's made its way to social media and like numbers, you know, like this thing, I I don't even follow Sami Zayn, you know, but this dude, his stuff is popping up on my Twitter feed. Like as if I do follow this guy, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely out there. So, I mean, there's plenty of people that's paying attention to it. So I, I, I wouldn't put it in the back of the book, I guess you could say, you know? So I'm kind of with and everything like that. And I definitely want to see, like what what these guys can do to each other, you know? Because you got Johnny Knoxville, this dude, he's taken everything you can, damn, you know, think of. Yeah. So I mean, I can't really, I can't really put nothing past this. I mean, I definitely like that it's that anything goes, you know, because I kind of want to see this like start at the beginning of WrestleMania, you know, like Saturday night, and then make its way to the the match you know like maybe little pranks like happening like backstage and stuff like that to kind of like throw sammy off his game or something like that you know to definitely like get his like endurance down and stuff like that so that's what i kind of want to see from it yeah um i don't know what it was i think it might have been last week whenever johnny knoxville was cutting a promo he kind of just said that uh 
Like, I, I guess he was just listing off some of the things that have happened to him yeah. throughout his life and, like, doing this jackass stuff. And he was talking about Butterbean. Like, you know Butterbean, right? In the in the movie, the big boxer that's, like, bald, really heavy set that, like, Johnny Knoxville lets him punch him in the face. And it, like, knocks him out. Like, legitimately knocks him out. And this was, like, Jackass 1, maybe Jackass 2, like, way back in the day. I'll pull it up as soon as we're done recording here. But, gotcha. yeah, Johnny Knoxville just gets absolutely, like, he just lets him punch him in the face directly and just, like, gets knocked out and stuff. And Johnny Knoxville says, like, I've taken a punch by Butterbean, even though it was a lucky punch. Like, it was just kind of, like, if you watched that yeah. scene, you knew, obviously, like, Johnny Knoxville was just joking around. Like, was not a lucky punch at all. Just It just kind of shows you, like, Johnny Knoxville, you, like, you can literally hit him in the face with a bat and he'll probably laugh at you like it's, dude yeah that's what i'm saying there's nothing that you can actually dude i hurt this guy. you can't kill him <laughs> like you legitimately can't like i, I think sammy zane will probably be surprised like yeah i'm sure johnny knoxville is definitely going to be surprised at how like capable sammy zane is like in terms of like in the ring like what all mm-hmm. he's going to be able to do very talented very underrated sammy zane. Oh, yeah. oh yeah but I think Sammy's going to be a little bit surprised with the the pain tolerance and everything that Johnny Knoxville is going to be able to withstand while Sammy Zayn's like trying to beat the hell out of him. He's like, I'm pretty sure I just hit this dude in the head with a steel chair. Like, how is he still coming at me? You know, like some stuff like that. It's definitely going to be entertaining and without a doubt, one of the most excited I am, I guess, of all the matches is for definitely for that one. Yeah, if I can get yeah. that out. But anyways, up next, Austin Theory, one of our, you know, one of the parts Dislike of the show guys. every week that we uh, definitely are a little bit invested in. And I guess to say the least, we're tired of seeing this dude come out here and get the better. So we're glad that, you know, Pat McAfee is finally starting to retaliate a little bit. But in this particular case, he comes up out of nowhere, just smacks the headset off. It wasn't like in recent weeks when he smacked him and just so happened to like smack his headset off. Mm-hmm. This one you could tell was more so he was just trying to like knock his headset off. Like went up and like flopped it and... Pat chased him around, ended up chasing him backstage. Theory ultimately ran inside Mr. McMahon's locker room. Pat looked pissed off. One of his first backstage segments. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, do you think that, I mean, do you think Pat has a chance? I mean, do you really do? I mean, because obviously he's not the wrestler here. He is 0-1 in his singles matches. Do you think he gets his first win here at WrestleMania, of all places? I mean, that's kind of tough. I mean... I've never actually seen, like, in-ring performance or anything like that. I mean, definitely a fan and everything like that, so I'm giving him the benefit so of the doubt. So you're rooting for him. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely on my my, my to-do or to-go-for list, I guess you could say. You know, so, I mean, Austin Theory is definitely – he he's earned what's going to be coming for him, I guess you could say. You know, I don't think, like, what, any special moves, finishers, or anything like that, Pat McAfee. I know he said that he was going to use a lot of different finishes if he can, you know. So I don't know if he has anything. But, yeah, like you said, Austin Theory, he's like a – he's an established star. You know, he's got the moves. He got, you know, the power and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, definitely want to see Pat get that win. But, I, I mean, I don't know. This, this is going to be a tough one right here. Definitely something to look forward to. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Excuse me. And one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on is I was listening to the mailbag and somebody had said something about Austin three because his move is like called the ATL or whatever. Mm -hmm. And kind of just like asking like what that is. And he says like, what does a town down mean? Well, I mean, Austin Theory's is from Atlanta, obviously. Yeah. Like that that's the whole connection there with the whole ATL. That's that's literally all it is. And uh, I'm not really sure if there is like a, a play on words that he has like to make it like, for instance, like. The GTS for CM Punk means go to sleep, you know, and kind of just has him on his shoulders, picks him up, hits him with the GTS, but the fans know that it means go to sleep. I'm not really sure if there's some type of thing with Austin Theory. I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a huge Austin Theory fan. I'm not even a small Austin Theory fan. But because he represents, you know, ATL and is like an Atlanta wrestler, you know, I'll definitely give him a shout out, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he's just basically shouting out where he's from. There's nothing, there's no hidden meaning behind that. A-Town Down just pretty much just means like, you're down with A-Town, you know, you're in, right. you're in Atlanta, you know, like that's pretty much is what it means. Pretty simple, but yeah, that's that's what it is if you're not familiar with that. I just heard that on the mailbag and I felt like I was definitely uh, qualified to answer this question. But 
Anyways, gotcha, like gotcha. I said, I mean, Arl, like I asked you if you think Pat's going to win. I do. I think he is mm-hmm. going to get this win. But at the same time, Vince McMahon really is high on Austin Theory. I don't know if he wants to have him lose at WrestleMania against Pat McAfee. You know, mm-hmm. like this loss really won't hurt Pat. He's an announcer. He's going to go back to calling SmackDown. They're going to forget about it when he's making us laugh. Austin Theory, is he going to be able to live, you know, to live, I guess, get past losing to Pat McAfee at WrestleMania? Of course, there's still a whole match. Pat could blow the doors off of us, similar to how Bad Bunny did last year. We never know what's going to happen, but if I'm a, if I'm a gambling man, I think that uh, I'll put my money on Pat, honestly, just, gotcha. just because, gotcha. like you said... I mean, number one, I'm biased. I'm not scared to admit it, obviously. I'm rooting for Pat. If, if this was like, even if I was a, a WWE employee or like affiliated with WWE, I would still be rooting for Pat McAfee in this situation. So shout out to Pat, and I'm sure you are rooting for him as well. But yeah, of course. Let's see what's next. Oh, yeah, the Fatal 4-Way. This one, I mean, given their tag team match that they had last week that was a, started out being a triple threat that was ruined by Natalia and Shayna Baszler whenever they came out and interfered, Ultimately, got themselves added to that main event or that uh, that championship match at WrestleMania, which was a triple threat. Now it's a fatal four way. It just continues to prove that if you just go out there and attack the champion, you will inevitably get an opportunity. Something that if you've listened to the shows for years now, like I have, you know that Matt's pointed out, and it's just something that it's just kind of like a lazy way to get somebody involved, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is what it is. We're close to WrestleMania. You got to get them involved somehow. It makes sense. So. I'm here for it. Uh, this Fatal 4-Way, though, it did have one woman from each of those teams. Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, and Zelina Vega were the four who actually participated here. Pretty all-over-the-place match. You know, really high-paced, balls-to-the-wall type. There were some notes that I had from this, though. Sasha Banks had that double bank statement. Did yeah, you see that? that I nice. thought that was going to end it. I thought that it was going to end there. That they were both going to tap out, and she was going to go on look extremely strong. But it gets broken up by somebody and then Zelina Vega has a code red, which mm. is basically like a like a sunset flip that she did to Sasha Banks. I'm not sure if you saw that, where she like did a flip and then flipped Sasha. Yeah, looked kind of like a power bomb, but it's she calls it the code red. I had to rewind that. That was beautiful by both women. I mean, obviously Zelina by pulling it off, and Sasha by selling it like that. And then Rhea Ripley does that flip off of the the corner of the ring onto Shayna and Shayna hits her head Dude, on the on that the ground. Like it hurt. You didn't see Shayna again after that. Yeah. Like that that's real. Go hit your head on the like on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and tell me how you feel. You're not going to be able to go to sleep for a few hours or at least you're not <laughs> supposed to go to sleep like she rocked her head and definitely hope Shayna's all right cuz those you know th- th- those concussions happen so often like if you're familiar with football, yeah, obviously hitting, you know, head-on collisions a running back and a linebacker mm-hmm. that hurts. But it's the getting thrown down or getting tackled or something like that and smacking your head on the ground, that causes more concussions than a lot of people realize, and that's something that happens in wrestling all the time. You're throwing down, you're taught, literally if you go to wrestling school, you're taught to tense up your neck, smack your arms on the mat whenever you get slammed to kind of brace up like that because you'll, I mean, you're, you'll smack your head. That's why, like, whenever I went and trained for wrestling, I wasn't doing it right. You know, I wasn't doing it right at first. So my neck was, I couldn't even turn my neck for like four days. Like I was like turning my whole body. It was absolutely miserable. But so that's why, I mean, I always give a shout out. Obviously, Tino Valentino, one of our independent wrestling friends, we give him a shout out. He, he puts his body through hell. He's recovering from an injury. One of the best wrestlers that I know. So uh, shout out to him. He definitely can, uh, can attest to the pain that you put your body through to go through this type of stuff. But I saw Shayna Baszler hit her head on the mat, and, man, that was rough. But Sasha Banks does get redemption here by locking in Zelina Vega with the bank statement in the middle of the ring. Makes her tap out. Her and Naomi get the win. What would you think about this match? Well, I mean, th- th- this match was crazy. You know, these, these women were definitely going at it and everything like that. And like you said, that flip from Rhea, dude, that was freaking, yeah, I guarantee she was going through or Shayna was going through it. But, I mean, other than that, you like that double uh, bank statement that you said and then what, what is it, the backstabber? Yeah. Yeah, where she hit the double yeah, on yeah. that too. I was like, dude, that's kind of some, you know, off-the-wall type stuff right there, you know, like round of applause right there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. that The very beginning too, like, you know how, like it was just uh, Sasha and Rhea in the – 
uh, ring. Everybody else had kind of like ran out or got pulled out or, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of like, okay, this is about to go down just right here. And, you know, sure enough, I mean, they did their thing. So, I mean, I was all for this one. Yeah, 100% good match. It, it just kind of shows you. I have a really good feeling about this one, like mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, what the the actual fatal four way is going to be about. People bring their A game. Like these yeah. are these are little kids. Like imagine like NFL players like dreaming about going to the Super Bowl. It's the same thing for these people. Like they're absolutely looking forward to some. It's their first WrestleMania moment. Some of them might not ever get a chance to do it again. So they like to you know leave it all in the ring, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to this match. I think that it's pretty obvious who's going to win though, and I think that's going to be. Sasha Banks and Naomi, but we're not making our predictions just yet. That'll be next week on that show. So we'll see what kind of happens here and let it unfold. But all we have left here to talk about is the main event, if you want to call it a main event. Roman Reigns shows up with about 22 minutes left in the show. Mm-hmm. What the hell's the point? I mean, logically, like, I mean, if, like, looking at SmackDown, knowing, like, the show's going to be over in 22 minutes, but I'm going to show up here and tell Brock Lesnar to get out of my locker room. Like, dude, the show's about to be over. He's going to leave your locker room in 22 minutes. Like, what are you, what do you need to go in there for? (laughs) You know, like, so that was kind of, you know, a little bit of a head scratcher there. But other than that, you know, if you, if you have to nitpick things like that to kind of, you know, break this storyline and this build down, then clearly they're doing a hell of a job with it. I'm interested. They're making me want to see more. Only one more week though, before we get to the main event. But I mean, what'd you think about this segment here? Like, cause I mean, like I told you, Admittedly, I was eating ice cream during this, so my note game wasn't on point. I watched it, heard everything that Roman Reigns said. What were your thoughts about it? Well, man, I mean, right whenever, you know, music started going off and everything like that, I mean, I was pumped. You know, definitely ready to see, like, some type of action happening here and everything. But, like, nothing. I mean, like you said, just casual talking, stuff like that, running, normal stuff, you know. I'm I'm getting kind of... Getting kind of tired of it, but, I mean, what happens here, I mean, you know, Brock, I mean, not Brock, uh, Roman, he's cutting his normal stuff, normal acknowledgement, promo and stuff like that, and then, of course, uh, Brock, he shows up on screen, you know, beating the crap out of the SUV, man, like with that pickaxe, I was like, gosh, damn, this dude, he's really trying to, you know, make his presence known that, I mean, he's here, you know, he's trying to do something. Really quickly, hold that thought, Mm -hmm. do not lose where you are, Aisha's son, Jet, he was over here, right, he's only four years old, little kid, he was watching wrestling, we've been trying to get him to watch wrestling for so long, this was the segment where he was, like, locked in, watching Brock Lesnar beat the hell out of that car. Yeah. He was like, oh, like he was actually paying attention, and he watched you know, Brock Lesnar go out there and use the chair and beat the hell out of the security. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to mention that really quickly, like because like you mentioned the segment, like that might have been where a wrestling fan was born. Yeah, it was right yeah. there. But anyway, continue on. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's great content, dude. I mean, any time of like, you know, backstage stuff that's happening like this, man, do it. I mean, go for it. Put that out there. You know, I mean, of course, like you said, you caught a little kid's attention right there. You know, definitely something that, like, even grown-ups would let, I mean, you know, we're interested in watching this stuff. So, I mean, I, I think it's all great and everything, uh, you know. But Brock, he ends up coming to the stage and stuff. I mean, of course, he hops on the announcer's uh, table, holding chairs and stuff like that. And then security, you know, here comes this little line of security that this dude just done beat up like so many times already you know familiar faces i'm already getting used to these guys popping up on tv and stuff like a casual like wrestler wrestler now you know so i'm kind of okay go ahead go get beat up by this chair and stuff like that but i mean it was all good i can't really complain about it man like honestly if, if you were like actually in a situation where you needed protection like Say a killer or something was like on the hunt, chasing you down, and WWE security was the ones who were responsible for protecting you. How safe would you feel? Like if the people no. there in black suits were standing there with their hands behind their back saying, "No, yeah, if anybody tries to get through here, they're gonna have to go through us." Yeah, not too good, especially like the way they just throwing their hands up, like you know, not even making any type of sense. You One know, one like- punch will knock them out for fifteen <laughs> minutes too. That's the thing; they'll be on the ground laying there, but. Yeah, it's just funny. And that's another thing, like, Brock Lesnar, imagine reading the script. Like, if you're him, like, all right, let me see what I got to do tonight. Mm-hmm. 
beat the absolute hell out of an SUV, go out there, let's see, ooh, beat the absolute hell out of 15 fake security guards, let's mm-hmm. see, ooh, use a steel chair, hit him over the back, hold my championship on a table, go into Roman Reigns' locker room, basically just absolutely destroy that, put my feet up on the table, crash it, throw champagne everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pretty tough day at the office, if you ask me. I mean, that just that just sounds fun. Like, getting to destroy a vehicle, you know, just for no reason, you know, just whatever. And anyway, like, while I was doing it, Roman Reigns, clearly, I have four SUVs and all that stuff. You know, kind of just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever they actually get going, like, when they actually get, like, when the camera's on, whenever they're in the mode doing their segments, these dudes knock it out of the park without even trying and it's going to be money. It really is. I mean, it's being booked as the biggest match in WrestleMania history, whatever. You know, that's subjective. If you feel like one is different, then obviously, I mean, no one's going to be able to convince you otherwise. Right. I don't feel like this is going to be the best match. I just don't feel like it's, it has the the capabilities. But who knows? The storytelling, the ring psychology, all that stuff could end up, you know, over-delivering. And I could be eating my words, but... I mean, other than that, I'm looking forward to next week, one more week before this stuff. I mean, I can't stress enough how excited I am to go to my first WrestleMania. Likely my only one. We'll see what happens. I mean, like, I'm already looking for, like, SmackDowns whenever they come closer to the air. You know, like, the next time SmackDown goes to Denver, I'm definitely going to go to that one. But anyways, I mean, do you got anything else on the main event or SmackDown in general before we uh, do the sign-off process? Well, I mean, not not too much on, like, for the night and stuff like that. But, I mean, just like... uh, like you saying, you know, WrestleMania and stuff like that. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I'm with you like weeks, 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 you know, and it's been just kind of like the, like slow build and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it hasn't really like kicked in for you yet. You know, like you said it plenty of times too. And I don't know, dude, if this, if this was my first WrestleMania, I'd be freaking like stoked, you know? I mean, you, I mean, you, you've done this, you know, you, you kind of know like the, like what to expect type stuff and everything like that. So I mean, I guess it's kind of like a like normal road trip for you in a way. I mean, W up, M down, different story right here. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it is tough. I don't know either because it's like like I've never been to a WrestleMania. I don't yeah, know. Like yeah. I'm excited. I know that my my view isn't necessarily going to be like the best, but you're going to be there. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be it's, it's the atmosphere. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're in the house, you're hearing the pyro, you're hearing the music, all that mm-hmm. good stuff and AT&T Stadium, I've been there twice already for Falcons games. It's just absolutely a phenomenal stadium. I am hoping that uh, WrestleMania goes to Atlanta though at some point. I don't know why they haven't. It's got a hell of a stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But I just don't feel like they think that Atlanta is a WrestleMania city. I mm-hmm. think that has to be what it is. I've heard Vince McMahon say that before, like about other cities or something like that. But who knows? I mean, I could wish, but I do think that if they don't go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it is a very bad decision on their part, and I promise you that uh, they're the ones that's missing out. But anyways, gotcha, gotcha. anything you want to say? Any plugs, any shout-outs before we sign off here? I mean, I feel like there's a couple things that we can kind of – go over i mean i don't know if you kind of want to touch base on them but i mean i know we just at the or at the end of the show i mean they kind of announced like the the triple threat ic match and everything like that something i'm looking forward to and of course uh the andre the giant battle royale yeah that i mean i'm not too familiar with it i mean catch up on that stuff like that but um any type of battle royale i'm all for it, you know. Yeah. So I mean, ready to see that. And stuff yeah, the, like the that. under the under the giant battle royal is pretty much just like for the people that don't have a match. You know, mm-hmm. they want to give them like they they. It's like a participation trophy. You know, right. they want to give everybody an opportunity to be on the card and mm-hmm. have a moment at WrestleMania. So they'll throw like forty five people in that thing, and just have them have an over the top row battle royal. You know, give everybody a chance. If you win, you get your name like engraved on that trophy. You get to like pose next to the trophy and all that stuff. So. That's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but what about gotcha. that triple threat you're talking about? I must not have seen that. Yeah, uh, well, basically, it's just going to be the Ricochet, Andrew Garza, and Humberto. And yeah. a triple threat. Yeah. I'm ready to see how that We're goes. We're at just on SmackDown next week? Or? Yeah, next Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm ready to see that, man. So. That'll be interesting. I mean, I guess they both won, so, I mean, tonight, so they both Yeah, that's what I was kind of questioning, too, like how that was going to play out. I mean, of course, they answered the question for it, but. I mean, yeah, I was just curious because they ended up both uh, getting the dub for the contenders. contenders. Yeah. yeah, so I was kind of, okay, 
And then, of course, they ended up mounting it. So, I mean, yeah, ready to see that thing. As am I, yeah. Yeah, like maybe maybe a split there, too. Angel Garcia, Humberto doing their own thing. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think that tag team, they're they're just getting started, and I feel like the tag team division is so desperate for true tag teams. It would be stupid to split them up, but I wouldn't put it past them. They split Mm -hmm. up tag teams that were just as hot. Had just as much momentum and uh, upside, I guess you could say. But on that note, that does do it for us here on the SmackDown Review. Thank you guys so much for joining. Obviously, we appreciate it every time you guys download these episodes, every time you guys tune in to us breaking down this show. We desperately, or I guess we uh, deeply is the more appropriate word to say. We deeply (laughs) appreciate it. But anyways, uh, as for me, as for John, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys will come back next week. One more SmackDown review before WrestleMania gets here. Time is flying. This is the best time to be a wrestling fan. So we are right here in the thick of it, and I'm looking forward to it. So with all that being said, guys, walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. Have a damn good weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.